Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, uh, senior writer at vikingsterritory.com and purpleptsc.com, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and startribune.com. Mark, uh, if you ever wanted to find something to do in the fall and you're like, you're bored, uh, you know, looking for something that had drama and changed constantly and never was what you expected, just be a Vikings fan. My God, another week of of high drama for this team, who's which is always known for it. I, they uh, beat their Packers, their 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 rival team in the NFC North, and they beat them soundly. And you can't even celebrate it because Kirk Cousins goes down with a, a torn ACL and is gone for the season. So we are just like that in an instant. You know, when you're looking to just ready to surf all the. Uh, all the different sites about the Packers online to hear their fans gnashing with their teeth. You didn't want to go near them because you know they'd be giving them grief about cousins. So, Mark, what'd you think of all that? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I hadn't heard all that though. No, um, <laughs> it, it's it's unfortunate. A because of, of just how well Kirk was playing, and and you know you know. The, after the Netflix documentary, you got a sense of, you know, I mean, the world got a sense of how much he cares for this and how much he can play through and everything. Um, you go into Lambeau. This is the first time in 30 some years where, you know, clearly the Vikings have the better quarterback. The Packers don't have a first down until five minutes are left in the first half. Packers fans are, you know, it's a Bronx cheer whenever they get their first first down. And then, you know, to see that locker room afterwards and then this kind of how you know, deflating it was and, you know, um, it's unfortunate, but like in, in this league, it's, I mean, the Vikings have been sheltered from this for so long because Cousins has been um, so durable and he's only missed one. There's only, he's only been unavailable for one game in his entire career. So I know we've talked about it over and over, you know, durability is his biggest strength, but he was also playing as well as any quarterback in the league, I think. And uh, so it's, it's a bad time for them to, to have this happen, but, you know, you look at New York and what they uh, what they're doing. They're four and three without Aaron Rodgers. You know, it doesn't have to be over. You know, especially in the NFC where you can get in the playoffs. Uh, you know, with not a great record. You know, you said it. I mean, he was he he played arguably one of his better games in the season until he got hurt. His his numbers at the eight game point were he's first in TDs, second in 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 yards and third in passer rating they might have changed a little bit but that's that's basically where he's at i mean of all the metrics you measure a quarterback by he's been lights out you know and you you, you go back and look at the four losses the or the own three the vikings started as and you know you take away all those drop passes and <clears throat> turnovers one of them which certainly was kirk's fault uh and they should have been they should be six and two right now this guy was was playing, uh, as they say, he was balling out. He was having a great season, probably his best. He seemed real comfortable with uh, with the offense that uh, Kevin O'Connell has put for him. Their, their relationship has certainly blossomed, it seemed. Kirk was taking more uh, uh, responsibility on the field, calling audibles and such. And, and there's plenty of hiccups in the early going, but, boy, four out of the last five games they've won, and – Right back in. I mean, if their season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs at four and four. It's, it's, 
you know, and 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 you have this most polarized figure in in Viking history. I think you know you either love him or hate him, and and here he was just just putting everybody to rest, whoever you know uh, their thoughts to rest on what what uh, he, he was like and what he meant for this team, and and he he doesn't even get hit. <laughs> he tears his ACL and he's done. It's just. It's, he, tore, I, yeah, he tore his Achilles. Uh, Achilles, I'm sorry. You could see it buckle. Like when he went back and planted, he buckled. It buckled on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stretch it and say, you know, you're, they should be six and two. They, they are what they deserve to be because of those turnovers and those turnovers. You know, are part. I of said the if game. they weren't, if they didn't have. Yeah, them. I mean, well, you could say if, 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 but I'm just, you know, what was impressive about what Kirk has done is, you know, you lose Justin Jefferson, your best player. And Kirk has really, uh, he's helped. I mean, Addison's helping Kirk, but Kirk was also helping Addison. You know, they win three games without without uh, Justin Jefferson, their best player. And in uh, the 49ers game was an upset. Uh, Kirk was amazing on third down. Kirk was even better on third down against the Packers. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a, he, he was at the pinnacle, probably the best he played Um as a Viking, and I, you know, his numbers last year weren't as great, um, but he played the position better than uh, than I thought he he had played it up to that point. Except the end with the Giants game and kind of how that ended. But uh, yeah, he's playing lights out. So now you, you got to move on to Joshua Dobbs and uh, Jaron Hall. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't you don't gift the uh, the Chargers a, uh, an opening series uh, pick six. I think they win that game, and they should have beat. Tampa, so they should be six and two if they didn't do all those turnovers. But anyway, that's my opinion. Well, yeah, if you don't, if you never turn the ball over and you take it away, you should be seventeen and zero. <laughs> yeah, if you know, if uh, if Kirk doesn't get hurt and they never turn the ball over and the defense, you know, trades for all of Washington's defensive linemen. Like the, the, the my the point Washington. is, it demonstrates what kind of a team they have and what kind of season Kirk has been having. And it's a tra- travesty that he goes down now, and the season was blown up, freaking blown up. I mean, just I mean, thinking from a Viking standpoint, fan standpoint, we're just crawling back to relevance, and we're just sitting there thinking, okay, okay, this is who we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. The defense is playing freaking great. They won that game on Sunday for them. Uh, you know, the offensive line is getting plots as the, the best they've we've seen in here in, in over a decade or more. And, uh, you know, Jefferson Jefferson's on the bench. Look at this flipping team and all of a sudden just dashed. It's, you know, there's got, got to have a little requiem here for, for Vikings fans. That, that's who's listening. Yeah, well, wait, see how it plays out. See how it plays out. Absolutely. And st- speaking of that, the Vikings are digging right in today as the trading deadline came near a few, uh, uh, oh, about an hour ago. Uh, the Vikings traded for Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback, backup quarterback from Arizona, who's been starting of late, and they they got Dobbs and a condition, conditional seventh round pick for the uh, and the Cards got a sixth rounder. Um, see how it plays out. I don't know if that's yet the panis, you know, the the cure all that we need, uh, or is Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins or or. Or Mannion, I can't even think of his first name. He's so far down in the practice squad. Well, Nick uh, Mullins. Uh, um, yeah, this, this, you know, to me, it's this is a is a good move because um, you're not you're not giving up much for it. It's a sixth round pick. Um, Nick Mullins is uh, he's he's eligible to come off injured reserve next week, but clearly 
Uh, O'Connell is saying, you know, that there's they don't know what the timetable is, but clearly reading between the lines, Nick Mullins is not his back is not going to be ready for a while. That's another reason you make this move. Um, doesn't cost you a lot. It's a guy that has started every game. You know, he, he arrived in Arizona in, in late August and became their starter right away and has started every game. Now, um, you know, I was joking today that I said Arizona, my, my, uh, my lock of the week, my upset specials suck, but my locks of the week have basically been following the Cardinals because, you know, you, whoever plays the Cardinals, I feel like is going to win. But that doesn't mean the Cardinals have been playing terribly. They – They've just uh, they've been they've been playing like their their rear ends off, but they're just not talented enough, not good enough to to beat whoever they they uh, you know play. But you know Dobbs for what you know for the desperation that the Vikings are in uh, is not a bad player to have. Um, you know the the plan is the Vikings that O'Connell said today the plan is to start Jaron Hall on um, on Sunday, and we also got to remember that Jaron Hall. You know, Mullins went on IR three weeks ago, so Jaron Hall's role kind of changed three weeks ago, and he has been getting a little more, um, you know, uh, there's been a little more urgency to get him ready to play, so that's going to help, I, I think. Um, and then, you know, Dobbs, it depend, all depends on how Jaron Hall plays. Um, if if he plays well, you know, he keeps the job. If he doesn't play well, then Dobbs has two weeks to get ready, and you see what you got. And uh, well, so if, 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 we can all say if, if, if. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what you'll do. You know, I mean, that's what, hey, this time, I mean, this is not to compare him to Brock Purdy, but did anyone know who the hell Brock Purdy was a year ago? I mean, seriously, no. they, he, Brock Purdy won all those games because he was on a good team. You know, this is still a good team. Uh, you know, they, they, they'd they be nice if, if the Vikings could run the ball a little better. Um, that would help them out tremendously. Uh, but to me, you go into Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's probably going to start, start Taylor Heineke uh, because he had a, he sp- had a real big spark for that team in the second half last week. Um, you know, Taylor Heineke will be the best quarterback in the building, which is frightening. But um, they're they're beatable. Uh, so to me, it's like you don't uh, don't just throw it away. You know, this this is not Kellen Mond. I mean, Kellen Mond, you were like kind of new as soon as he stepped on the field. He was too slow for this game. He was too too slow mentally processing and too slow physically. Jaron Hall, um, I think he can move around a little bit. He bought time in the preseason to to you know make some passes. Um, they got to protect him better. I mean, the sack strip sack that he took, you know, Darisaw, one of the best left tackles in the league, gets beat on that that play. So um to me it's like it's interesting to see how it's going to play out because it's not just an automatic they're done because they're still a good team at a lot of other key positions absolutely well it's interesting to hear you say that uh nick mullins won't be back he's scheduled to be able to come back from the ir on the 12th of november but you're saying you're reading between the lines that that he he probably won't be ready then, and that's why they made this move. That that makes me feel a little bit better about the move. Not you know not that I disliked it, but the fact that uh, there's a reason, and they're not just completely saying, "Oh, Jaron Hall is is not ready or no good." They they need some bodies in the quarterback room right now. Well, yeah, they? they 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 need for what they gave up. Um, if it you know. Maybe they don't make this if Nick Mullins is going to step in in two weeks. But Nick Mullins also, um, I would assume, with a back injury, has not been practicing, you know, for a month yeah. now. So, 
this is a longer term deal. And so if you have Nick Mullins and you've got Joshua Dobbs and you've got, yeah, you needed another player and it, and they're getting a guy granted, you know, he's, he started, I think 10 games in his career, he's one and nine, uh, but he's done some good things. He's been on some bad teams that, and frankly, you know, like Arizona, I mean, if Kyler Murray was, was healthy, he wouldn't be playing in Arizona. Uh, I think he played uh, some in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, do we know those guys? You can you can stay in the league like this if you do, you know, if you do some good things and you're available. Because unlike you know, the, the Vikings have been spoiled by having you know, it's kind of funny, but that you think what led to Kirk Cousins coming here was the fact that they 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 were having the you know peace and plug guys in and injuries and all this stuff and get Bradford and win with Keenum and stuff like that. Well, you know, they've been spoiled. They've been that hasn't, that hasn't been a problem. I'm doing a story for tomorrow's paper on just how many there's been 184 quarterbacks since 2018 that have started for the 31 other teams. And that's an average of six per team. Um, and so they, this is kind of what of other teams have had to deal with, including the Vikings in 2017. Yeah, it's uh, um, I, I guess. It, well, do you? I don't know if you've done any had any chance to look at you know just how good or bad Dobbs is, but you know you say coming from a a bad Arizona team, which he is. But how much is that is attributable attributable to him? Has he played well enough? Has he played better than and put him in a chance, you know, position to win, or or has he just been one of the problems out in Arizona? Well, I mean, problems is probably a stretch. I I think I've watched every game they've played, but still having a survivor pick alive and and looking for uh, you know who who am I going to pick? You know, I've, I've I've taken the team that has played the Cardinals a lot um, because they're just frankly overall they're not talented enough. They're just not talented enough to to win games right now. He is uh, he's not playing like a well. It's not like it's Tom Brady on a bad team. Yeah. He's capable of making plays and and he has experience. He has the ability. He's not a he's not a Michael Vick, but he can move around. Um, he can make tight throws uh, if he if needed. He's just uh, he's a backup that you know can in spurts play well. Um, not a guy also that's a rocket scientist apparently. Yeah. So yeah. So he'll pick up the pick up the playbook pretty quick, I guess. So you know, um, that's, he's, that's, you know he's, that's just not a very talented, overly talented team right now. Okay. But I, I could see why they want to get a look at their uh, this Clay, uh, Clayton guy. Um, so hey, it's uh, to me it's it's uh, you didn't give up enough. You didn't give up a lot. You got a guy that could maybe step in and and help you out. It's not going to be Kirk Cousins, but uh, it'd be worse, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, you said it at the outset. You know, the price is is. You, you can't turn it down. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone and signed a Colt McCoy over this. You know, I would rather do this. They, 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 they're trading a pick for a pick, a six for a seventh. One of them's conditional. That's fine. Um, plus, you get this guy, and if he helps you out and keeps your season alive, I mean, that it's a no-brainer. Um, I'm hoping they'll take a, a long look at Jaron Hall too before you know they cast him back to you know and let Dobbs maybe get a chance to get up to speed with the offense and such because. You know, there's part of Jaron Hall that's interesting too. You know, he's uh, he's accurate. He doesn't have the strong arm. He uh, can move. 
in the pocket and get out of trouble where when it's coming. He he's certainly not ready for the prime time, I would say, because he hasn't had the experience. You know, it's different in, from college. Everybody that's coming after is really, really good and really fast. And you got to make those decisions quicker. So I, you know, I think that's one of the things you can only get there by, you know, by doing it and seeing how fast you have to react and adjusting. And and so this this I felt going into before this trade day that it was the thing to do was to ride with Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins and 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 see how they do and not spend draft capital. But when you're not really giving up anything, uh, I, I'm I'm on board with it and I'd like to see how it pans. Well, out. yeah, and, and also Nick Mullins is not here, and this is one you know in the NFL every game is so important. It's like you couldn't just say, well, you know, we'll just wing it with uh, Jaron Hall and. Uh, I guess you elevate Sean Mannion. I mean, we all know what Sean Mannion is. Or you go to a Wildcat with, uh, you know, Kanae Nwangu or something. No, I mean, they, they need a guy in here that, you know, because Jaron Hall could get hurt on the first play or, or first quarter. Uh, I think yeah. they're, they're going to give uh, – they're going to take a long look at – I mean, if he's if he's functional and, and he's he's playing well, yeah, I mean, he, he stays in the job. And um, – if he, you don't if want to give up on your team either and show send that signal to the players because then then you don't know what is a uh, becomes a product of that. Then then all of a sudden players get dissatisfied because they have a good team around him now. You know, a, a very good team, I think, and that has just uh, had a number of uh, smaller issues, well, they're big issues, but they you know they're correctable issues at, uh, at the beginning of the season. So if he, all of a sudden you say, oh well, let's just Ride with uh, Jaron until Nick comes back, and and we got Sean Manny. You know that doesn't excite anybody in that locker room. I don't think that's no. I I think you need you need right now you need another, you know, uh, you got three or four guys, and and you just go with what what you can win with. And right, yeah. I mean, to me, it's uh, it was a it's a, in a bad situation. It's a good move because you didn't pay up much and you're getting a guy who's already, who started, who start, who has started every single game this year. So he's, uh, he's ready. He's, I mean, he's, he's been doing it. So what do you think about the other move the Vikings made? They traded uh, Ezra Cleveland to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2024 sixth round pick. They got their sixth yeah, round I mean, back. And yeah. I read right before I came on here that that pick is comes from Carolina. So it's going to be a good six rounder. It's going to be a high six rounder coming from high six rounder. Uh, yeah, I mean he's a guy that I mean let's let's you know I, when I did the my uh, looking five extra points on Monday Night Football, I, I looked at every play on Dalton Riser, and I was like, he's your he's, if he's not one of your five best linemen going. They kept saying we we're just going to start the five best, five best, and I said there is no way. I said, if Cleveland comes back and starts, this guy will have to move to right guard. So I was asking questions about, hey, you know, for this uh, this last game, saying, okay, if Reisner does, or if uh, as, if Cleveland comes back, does Reisner move over to the right side? And they said, no, this is a left guard situation. And you know, I, who knows? Cleveland might have been ready to. He was questionable. He might have been ready to play, but he uh, Reisner was clearly better, uh, the best guard that they have right now. Um, and, and they, they, they really like Blake, uh, Brandle. So you have still have depth. Cleveland is, uh, is a free agent at the end of the year. So you, you know, you don't need him. 
And it doesn't really hurt you on depth because, you know, they have Brandle if, in case one of these guys gets hurt. And Brandle is probably equal to Cleveland. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with that move. You know, now that one of the guards gets hurt bad on Sunday, you, you could say, well, you know, you should have kept this guy. But, yeah. you know, they do have, at least they do have a guy that they like in Brandle. Don't let that happen. Uh, um, it just occurs to me now on hearing you saying that. I mean, Reisner took a few games to get up to speed before he got into the lineup. And they've been bringing along Acres pretty dang slowly, not not as quickly as some fans and observers would like him to be, you and I included. And that maybe tells me that they will do the same with uh, – uh, Joshua Dobbs. They, you know, they'll, they, you know, you might get a couple games out of Jaron Hall if he plays good enough to to win ball games to put him in a position. Well, at quarterback, it's. I mean, I know last year Baker Mayfield got traded um, or cut or whatever from went from Carolina. I think it was yeah, Carolina went to and played uh, for the Rams on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, and you know. I, kind of had one of those lights out games, you know, the Rams were out of it. And so Baker was uh, in a a lot of ways playing backyard football. And, you know, they they think the Rams won that game and Baker Mayfield played really well. Um, There years ago when I was covering uh, uh, when Bernie Kosar and Cleveland got, you know, that, that turned Cleveland on its ear when Bernie Kosar got cut by Bill Belichick and, Five, six days later, he started. Troy Aikman was hurt in Dallas. He went down to Dallas and started, and they won a game. So it is capable. It is possible. And Norv Turner was the, the offensive coordinator that got Bernie up to speed and enough to play in the game. So it is possible for a guy to play uh, with a week's notice. Um, mm-hmm. I think they'll make every effort they can to get him ready. Yeah. I think he'll they'll get comfortable with a with a with a reduced package of plays for him. Uh, you start Hall, see how he does. If he completely is uh, overwhelmed and can't do it, then you'll see Dobbs step in. But um, I, I don't think that they know. There's no like, in, well, we're going to we're gonna bring Dobbs along for two or three weeks like we did for the left guard. You know, it's basically all hands on deck. You know, how do we win this game and get to the next one, uh, you know, and, and just each week doing that. I mean, Kirk gave them so much, uh, such a luxury of, you know, what you could put onto the quarterback. Well, now coaching staff's the ones that's got to really, you've got to be, they, there's no room for error for the coaching staff at all three uh, phases of yeah. just how it, what it's going to take to win some really ugly games coming up probably. Well, I do like uh, Dobbs being uh, under the tutelage of of Kevin O'Connell. You know, he knows he's been a quarterback's coach. He he's been a quarterback himself. He's uh, it's his offense. Blah blah blah. I think that's a good thing. Dobbs has got an arm. He's got legs. Uh, he's got some experience as as a starter. Uh, get him up to speed and get him doing playing the game the way you want to. And it you know it could be a very positive thing. So I'm. I'm all in uh, uh, to see what happens with him. And, you know, uh, I also want to see Jaron Hall. I guess I've said that. On that note, I'm getting all hot and bothered from all this drama about this team. So I got to take a break. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and uh, talk about that Packers game, which uh, we shouldn't forget. It was only two days ago, and it was glorious. So uh, until <laughs> until the injury. So let's come on back and talk about that. And I'm back to Vikings territory breakdown. 
All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, uh, I got to go backwards a little bit. I know we all got to step forward. You got to keep going. The season keeps rolling. But, you know, for me, there's still plenty of uh, uh, questions surrounding Kirk Cousins, who is done for the year, even though he won't be on there. Got to hand it to him. He shows up at the at the event with a little cart for his for his injured leg last night and, and signs autographs, you know, 24 hours after tearing his Achilles heel or tendon. Um, uh, what, what, what do you think is going to happen with him? He's got, what is his contract? Uh, I mean, you know, his contract's going to be over. So that, that, that plays into it. Um, KOC spoke this afternoon after the trades were made and it sounded like he was saying that, you know, he's got a really good relationship with Kirk and, you know, if you read between those lines or if you want to read it this way, it, it, he, he would like him back. And who wouldn't after the season he's been having? And it's certainly if you're you're bringing up uh, younger quarterbacks. So what are your thoughts on on Kirk uh, and what will happen with him as as we go forward here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't. Uh, I don't disbelieve or, or uh, that O'Connell wants him back I, I, as a friend, you know, as a franchise, um, they can say all they want, you know, about how much they love him and everything. But when, when given the opportunity to put your money where your mouth is, guy going into the last year of his contract, um, they took a wait and see approach, like a lot of fans do. You know, I, I don't know. You know we'll, we'll, let's see what we got here again. It's almost like another prove it year for a guy that's thirty five years old. Um, you know, I don't know, and it, it sounds terrible saying this, it because of the injury and everything, but I don't know. What's his What's his market value now? Uh, the company will be in. He'll be thirty six next year, I think. Um, yep. And coming off uh, Achilles, you know, does he sign for one year? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. And but I, you know, I would think he's more affordable, which is terrible. To you know, the the, the harsh reality of this of this league is that you know he's not worth as much as as he would have been if he had kept playing and been healthy at the end of the year. That's terrible. But that's just the reality, and I don't, you know, to me, if you're going to get rid of Kirk Cousins, you better have a better plan. I mean, you just you better have a plan to succeed him. Now, you know, saying that right now, it's impossible to, it's impossible to uh, predict what'll happen because I keep thinking back to the 49ers and the reason that I voted for Kyle Shanahan for Coach of the Year over, I don't even know if I had the guy in New York in my top three because. Um, I mean, he did a good job and everything, but Kyle Shanahan, we wrote the, everyone wrote the 49ers. When Trey Lance went down and Garoppolo came in, it was like, okay, they can probably, you know, they don't have their superstar that's going to do all these different things, but they got a steady Garoppolo. Garoppolo gets hurt and you're like, oh my God, they're down to a seventh round rookie. I mean, they're, they're done. They're, they'll never win again. And they just kept winning games, winning games. And they would have kept winning games all the way to the Super Bowl if he hadn't got hurt. So um, it's, I'm not saying that Jaron Hall is the next Brock Purdy, but can anybody say, you know, he, I mean, uh, I guess if you had to flip a coin, you'd say he's not, and you have a better chance of winning, but no one has any idea what Jaron Hall is going to be like. I mean, yeah. he could, he could do some things. You're like, wow, that that's our quarterback. You know, uh, it could well, happen. You, you, you said that uh, a 36 year old coming off an Achilles injury, uh, there's a 40 year old coming off one that that still wants to play before the season's up. I saw uh, uh, 
video of of uh, what's his name Aaron Rodgers throwing a ball around and and you know he's walking around and you know fading back to throw passes already uh so you know I don't know that I would want to pay him either but you know you know they tell you modern medicine last thing I gotta say about Kirk is though I feel a little guilty today I you know Kirk Cousins rips his uh rips his Achilles tendon on Sunday and Monday in my mailbox shows up a copy of Minnesota Golfer I'll have to show it to you right here and lo and behold who's who's on the cover of Minnesota golfer, yeah, I was Kirk Cousins. Who wrote that story, Mark? Yeah, I was gonna go get. I was uh, well when it, when it came out, I was gonna get some copies and 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 you know give one to Kirk. And but uh, yeah, I don't think we're gonna see him around for a while. Um, I think he'll be. You know, they're talking about he'll be at the facility. He'll, he's gonna be. You know, knowing Kirk, he's gonna want to be like assistant coach. You know, probably right. once he gets through all the, you know, the medical stuff of surgeries and the rehab and all that stuff, uh, but. Yeah, that's uh, so SI Jinx, it's a Minnesota golfer Jinx, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think I sent you a note that I once uh put together a story on Ryan Longwell that uh we were going to do because he is a big golfer when he was here and we did it for the magazine. And before we had a chance to publish it, Ryan got cut, so we, we relegated it to the to the website and it didn't make the print edition. So now here's here's Jinx number two. And that, in fact, my editor, before we did the story, when I pitched it after talking to you, uh, uh, he said, is Kirk Cousins going to get traded? And I said, no, no, he's not going to get traded before this comes out. And sure, sure enough, the day before his, his season does end. So what the hell? Not good. I guess Kirk Cousins probably won't want to. We we you know you might want to wait till he's healed before you start showing him that he was on the cover and just say it just came out then you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's go back to Kirk Cousins on on the field and you know the bright side of that Sunday game was that they claimed the Packers clock as far as I'm concerned. 24-10 final. It wasn't even that close and you know uh, the Vikings didn't play their best game ever, but they played pretty darn good. The defense was great. Um, the offense was was good enough, and the Packers were terrible. So, uh, you know, it was wonderful to see, you know, after, what, 16 and 16 years of, of Hall of Fame quarterbacks to see them struggle at the position a little bit and for the Vikings to go into Lambeau and win. It was a big game, makes them 2-0 two and, two and on the division, makes them 4-4 four and four on the season. And right back in the conversation. So, what did you think about that game on Sunday? You were over there, Mark, in at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, some people might chalk it up to you know uh, Jordan Love's not that good and all this, this, that, the other thing. But you know, there's been a lot of years where we've seen really bad quarterbacks, you know, take this team up and down the field, just this team, and then play like crap against other teams. You get this laundry list of quarterbacks that have done that. Um, I loved how oh how Josh Metellus is playing. The, uh, there were three, uh, three plays that he made that, uh, you know, they were highlight plays, all third down that showcased his ability in three different phases. One was, you know, covering uh, the Luke Musgrave one-on-one, -on -one, the tight end, big tight end. He's not the greatest tight end in the world, but, you know, he's he's got blanket coverage on him and, and swats it away on third down. The other one's open field tackle on Jordan Love. Um, short of the sticks, and the other one, and then the, the, the great one was to have being in the right position and having that uh, uh, good fortune of the ball kind of coming off that off the receiver's hand and he picks it off and then has a great return. Um, you know, Daniil gets a tenth sack. Um, 
yeah, I mean the, the Packers were, were were terrible, but the Vikings had a big role in just how uh, inept the offense was. Yeah. And you know that's a that's a kind of thing I think they can do. You know they can go they can go in and do that against Desmond Ritter. They can, you know defense t- travels better than offense. I feel, and if you can pull, you know get your guys, uh, um, it's not the greatest. It's not the most talented defense in the world, but the way they're playing, they're playing fast now. They're more confident. Harrison Phillips had had a you know one of the better games we've seen by a by a defensive lineman. Um, so there's things that they can do um, playing at that speed and, and, you know, confusing guys and, and getting after people so that, that they need their, you know, the, the defense is going to take you probably as far as you can go right now. I think, you know, I, I speaking of Metellus, I thought he was really good last year, but he seems to be blossoming under Flores's uh, scheme with him ranging all over the field on that interception. He started out on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> he he pulled off and went back to pick up that guy in a deep, deep drop. You know, so I, that that just shows you part of what the, what's going on there. I've re- really been enjoying watching him play. Um, I, you know, Daniil Hunter, constant talk all day long. Are they going to trade him or aren't they? Are they going to trade him or aren't they? God, you trade that guy. I think, you know, then the season's over because you know you're you're cashing in if they would have. Tried to deal him, but I heard that they were listening to uh, to offers. At least that's what it was said online, and and I'm sure that uh, you know they have to do that because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and he he could go, and they might not get any compensation for him. But did you think there was any any uh, steam behind that uh, smoke that was coming out about? Well, Daniel? there were teams that have been calling him for weeks on uh, uh, about Daniel. You know, it made more sense before they, you know, started winning three on one, three in a row. Uh, you know, I'm sure they would listen. Yeah, because uh, uh, Washington got the second round pick. Washington just gave up on everything today. They, they traded two, two. I mean, they had one of the best fronts in, in football, I think. And uh, Chase Young, they got rid of for a second round pick. He goes to the 49ers. Um who had picked up Gregory before that, and they're still kind of struggling with their their pass rush, which is kind of strange. But um, yeah, I'm sure they listen to see what you know. They have to judge it on whether they're gonna they feel like they're gonna bring bring him back. But yeah, you, you get rid of him, that defense doesn't it, it doesn't have a chance of of uh, you know of them making the playoffs. I don't think because then 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 you don't have that that one guy that can beat one on one, you know blocking or one on two sometimes. So yeah, that, that would have been a total give up move, I think. Do you think that uh, you know, if if Jaron Hall slash uh Joshua Dobbs, Nick Mullins, whoever plays decent enough and shows some promise, do you think that then it makes it like, well, maybe we don't sign Kirk for certainly not for top dollar, because then that allows you to sign Justin Jefferson, Daniil, uh Hunter and whoever else they got coming up that they they've got to get big. You know, Darisaw is I think eventually going to need a contract. I'm not sure, um, but uh, does that uh, does it make it easier if they play well to to say okay, Kirk Cousins' ear is over here, like of that? Yeah, I mean, you look at I mean, look at the 49ers and what they did. You know, to get Trey Lance. I mean, they three number ones, whatever it was, to go up to number three, and then bam, within the guy only had like four career starts or whatever you totally they totally 180 
um, how quickly things change in this league and how willing uh, and um, aggressive the, the, the GMs are, the coaches on the field, the GMs off the field. Um, things can change like that, and they're not. there's no fear anymore of just doing a 180, going somewhere else. And so, yeah, things could change a lot depending on how uh, how this guy plays the last nine games. Yeah. Um, back to defense quickly, some other standouts. You mentioned Harrison Phillips had a great game. DJ Wanham had the big sack. Uh, Makai Blackman uh, with some big pass breakups. And uh, Harry the Hitman and Bynum were the usual solid uh, – uh, middle of the secondary. It, it's, it's, uh, uh, we did get Lewis seen on the active roster and played some special teams, but, uh, boy, oh boy, Harry's getting old and, and you hate to lose him. Those two back there are playing great. You know, um, uh, the secondary is all of a sudden becoming slowly becoming, uh, uh, just n- not a strength, but they're heading in that direction. Well, I think it's, you know, you know, Flores is the real deal when it comes to, you know, being a good coordinator, um, you know, go, you know, just the pressure, the, the illusion of pressure, um, you know, it's, it's probably as a quarterback, especially a younger quarterback, it's hard to know, is this going to be one of the times where they send seven or is it going to send three, uh, you know, Metellus, you know, by using the three safeties and their, and their talents, you know, Metellus can disrupt things and then, uh, you know, Bynum has been, a, you know, I did my whole Sunday story was on Bynum and his tackling. And um, it's kind of a fun story on him talking about uh, learning how to uh, picking up tackling techniques from a, from an amateur, like a rugby player in the Philippines that he was in his football camp. Um, Cause he had that great tackle on McCaffrey and sort of a fun back and forth with, with, um, with Harrison Smith on who, who actually caused that fumble, you know, and uh, cause it looks like, Bynum's helmet comes back, yeah. but if you look at it again, Harrison was like, "No, no," because my 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 right hand is sneaky, like it came in, so they might have hit at the same time. Uh, but yeah, they're those two are playing very well. Um, yeah, and it was just good to see them. You know, this is what you should do against a, you know, Jordan Love might end up being a good quarterback someday, but there is uh, he's not he's going the wrong way right now, uh, and not saying that they give up on him already, you know, too this soon, but. Uh, this is what you know, when you get a guy like that, even though you're at his place, uh, you do what you did, the, you do exactly what the Vikings did to him. It wasn't all just the uh, uh, the lack of love for the Packers, there was also uh, Jair Alexander got torched on Sunday. Now, granted, I know he was coming in injured and such, but uh, uh, whether it was Addison or, or somebody else, KJ Osborne, somebody catching passes, and and uh. TJ Hawkinson had another really good day. Uh, they they took care of the the vaunted Packers defense. You know they 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 could they should have scored more. They they settled for field goals when they should have uh, should have gotten touchdowns and, and really blown the thing open. But uh, suddenly I, Jordan Addison is 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 going to be the real deal. And I think the byproduct of of uh, Justin Jefferson getting hurt obviously is he gets to grow into his role real soon. Uh, KJ Osborne gets to increase his confidence and, uh, and uh, you know, you, you got the solid uh, TJ Hawkinson there. It, when, when Jefferson comes back, who's ever thrown to him is going to have fun picking out uh, someone to throw to on this team. I think. Yeah. If they, if they can, if, if they can recognize what's going on you know, with, you know, with a rookie, you know, 
it, everything is so much is so much quicker and whether you can get through your progression like Kirk would be able to do remains to be seen but yeah uh, and Brandon Powell I thought you know he had a nice uh, jet um, there's a jet sweep on, on a third down where he got the first down he did drop a ball on third down that could have been a first down uh, otherwise Kirk might have been perfect on third down I think uh, um, Hopkinson had, had a drop but he was you know, a good game um, but I, yeah I feel like a lot of this happened because the offensive line, it's, you and I were talking uh, before and my colleague, Andrew Kramer was looking at the, uh, looking up like when was the last time Kirk Cousins went two games without a sack. <laughs> and he found out that he, it had never happened while Kirk was a, a Viking. And the very next play was the first sack. And the very next play after that was the second sack where he hopped off the field. And so Andrew's the jinx. That's Andrew. a, yeah, we, we, we are all known to jinx guys, but uh, that, that's, that's up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the protection was good. And Reisner to me uh, continued to be a, you know, kind of a force in inside there. I think he makes Bradbury better. Um, and I think Ed Ingram has, is improving. I mean, yeah. the less we talk about Ed Ingram, it's obvious that he's improving because uh, when they're, when things are going bad, I mean, Ed's one of the first names out of our mouth. Where they didn't improve once again was the dang running game. Now, I don't know if that's uh, McAllister or McAllister, God. Uh, Madison, or if it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, the line opening holes. They're just, there's just nothing for this this rushing game. You get a little bit more out of, of Cam Akers, and I know you and I have both been advocating to get more of him in, in the snap count, but uh, what's going on with this, this, this rushing game again? Because they're going to need some a good running game and to do something different for these, either Jaron Hall to protect him or even uh, Dobbs. Well, I think what we're seeing is that as much as we want to say that, that running backs are interchangeable and they're all the same and you can just go get one off the street or it doesn't really matter. I mean, you look at last night's game with the Lions and, you know, a guy that people made fun of him uh, for taking 12th overall and they made fun of him for taking the linebacker 18 and then made fun of him for taking a tight end 34. Those are three, three key players that are, are helping them win this year. And it's going to help be helping them win for the next five years, you know, and maybe longer in some cases. Um, so you have two good running backs. You don't have a, um, I, I think you have two good backup running backs right now. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that I think is better is Cam Akers. I would like to see it, at the very least the roles reversed and have Cam be the one that gets 17, 18 touches and maybe Madison gets the 10 touches. Uh, 10 or eight touches. Um, Madison gives you everything. He's a sledgehammer. He's a sledgehammer that's coming at you a million miles an hour. But I think he misses by the fact that he, uh, I don't know if it's instincts or, or it's definitely a lack of patience of letting things unfold a little bit. I think when Akers gets in there, there's a little more like willingness to let, okay, let, let that guy block or give you a little crease and then you can go. He's smoother. He's more instinctive. So, yeah, I just keep uh, – to some degree, it, it happened with the 49ers game. You saw he did get, like, two more touches than Madison. But overall, it's just been, you know, a little more of Madison, a little little too less of Akers, I feel. Um, I'd love to see Akers. I talked to him after the game just about, you know, how hard is it, you know, because he did have that way. He came in at that nine-yard run right away. Then he had a first-down run on the next play. 
And then he finishes off with their first rushing touchdown of the year, a six, six yard run, which is a really good run. And he said, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to get in a rhythm when you're just kind of getting a handful of touches. Yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't complaining. He said, we were winning and yeah, we won. Uh, but I would, I think you're just, you need uh, more out of that running game. And I think he's the guy of the two that could help you get there. Right. Uh, quickly back to the defense. You know, I know you and I, and certainly uh, you, you had major concerns about this uh, defensive line coming into the season, which we all did. And I just remember you voicing him. Do you feel like they're playing better now than we might've expected that they would at this point? Well, you know, they, they really don't, there's so many situations where they really don't have linemen on the field. I mean, Harrison Phillips. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Dean Lowry has just been kind of a non-factor and, um, you know, Tonga, their nose tag, they don't, they just play a lot of like, you know, four linebackers and, 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 you know, a lot of outside, you know, that you'll have, um, you know, Wanham and, and, uh, Jones and, and Hunter and those guys. So it's not a traditional defense, but, I do like, I will say, uh, you know, I, I thought Harrison Phillips, there were some games earlier where he would have a lot of tackles, but it just didn't feel like a really good game because maybe they're down the field or whatever. Yeah. Um, he had a, that first third and one, you know, he's tackling A.J. Dillon, who might weigh as much as Harrison Phillips. Uh, and then the, on the, the goal line stand, he has the stop on first down, and he, I think he has a stop on, on third down. I don't know if they scored on fourth down or third down, but um, – yeah, he played uh, pretty well, I thought. Real quickly, uh, Greg Joseph uh, missed extra point, uh, kick out of bounds on the kickoff, a field goal block, which isn't necessarily his 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 fault. But uh, special teams is not performing well. Did they say anything today at uh, at the at the coordinator interviews about about what's going on there? Well, yeah, um, uh, Matt Daniel spoke today, and the, the kickoff out of bounds for me was a. Uh, one of my extra points, which, uh, you know, with all the cutting stuff, it was like it felt weird going in there and talking about, like, uh, a kickoff out of bounds or uh, why didn't you uh, go for it on fourth and one. And, you know, it was like a, it just wasn't a – it just wasn't a normal football game. But I, you know, kind of – by the time stuff trickles down to where, I, where I'm doing you, it's like, uh, okay, I need to do this. Um, but, yeah, he, he explained that the kickoff out of bounds, which I thought came at the worst possible time, it was like, you are you're you're leading in first downs, twelve to nothing. The yardage was like one sixty seven to fifteen, but you're only up ten nothing. I mean that was right. Uh, you know, just a weird game where it's like a, it feels like the Vikings are up a hundred to nothing, but they're only up ten nothing. Uh, he explained that Theo Jackson, because uh, uh, of the wind, I guess he right. had to come in and hold it, and he said Theo let go of it, and as he was getting ready to kick, and the ball starts to fall forward, and I, you know. For for me, with when it comes to Vikings and kickers, I've always used the Lucy and Charlie Brown situation, and I said maybe we could have had the kicker miss and land up on his on his back. But yeah, that's what happened on that one. But one mistake that happened again is uh, is Jay Ward lining up offsides, not jumping, but lining up offsides on a uh, an extra uh, a field goal that. I mean, he, he's been responsible for 10 points that have just because of him. Yeah. Um, so that was brutal. Again, in the, the Tampa Bay game, they, they make it, um, but they take, they take the points off the board and score a touchdown because of what he did. Uh, this time they, they clank a 35 yarder off the post and they get another shot and they make it. So it's, 
it's a one score game after the total domination that they that they had they were only leading by seven points at halftime and that's because a guy lined up offside God, yeah. and then they had the uh ivan pace has the holding penalty on i don't know in, in the in the in the uh, play-by-play, he said it's a 103-yard touchdown, but I think he stepped out of bounds. He did. He did. Uh, so, you know, but still, it would have been at the 16-yard line instead of the uh, Vikings' 14-yard line. And Ivan Pace did not spr- – he wasn't the block that sprung it. He was uh, he was on the other side of the field. He just grabbed – took. he just put his arms around the guy and threw him down. And it was like um, – not sure what was going on there, but and uh, Daniels was not happy about that one. Nor, nor was I. If he scores and it's held up, I, I win in fantasy this week because I had the Vikings defense. But anyway, uh, um, yeah, so you're talking about uh, Lucy and Charlie Brown. That's that, that's a nice segue. It's Halloween today. We can go. I'm going to watch that later today. Got to watch the annual. It's great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, when, when, that, when that actually takes place. So uh, kind of apropos. On that note, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back to Vikings territory breakdown. Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, after all this this noise and this drama and this everything this week, the Vikings are heading. They got to go play football again on Sunday. They're going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, who are having some quarterback problems of their own. Apparently, their quarterback, uh, I don't know his first name, Ritter, is in concussion protocol. And guys, yeah, he was... go ahead. He was cleared of that concussion in the third quarter. Uh, that, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think the coach is going to be like a forthcoming on who's going to start. But um, they played absolutely horrendous. Flat Desmond Ritter was terrible. Uh, kind of a guy that's sort of in that Jordan Love situation where it's like he's he's kind of regressing a little bit. He's not. I think he's got a future, but he's just not playing well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they he was in the concussion protocol at halftime, and I think he was he was cleared. Uh, by the third quarter, but but by that time Heineke was playing, had a spark. They almost came back and won that game. In fact, they lose by five. They were down, I think, fourteen to three at halftime. They lose it by five, and the the, the game ends because a receiver drops. You know, Heineke. It's fourth and one. Heineke. You know, maybe a minute and a half left. They're driving. He throws the ball right to the guy. He dropped it in the middle of the field, and so then the game ended that way. So Heineke played a. He gave him a spark, and I would be stunned if Heineke doesn't, you know, after what he did in the second half, doesn't start. You know, he he was playing pretty well when the Vikings went to Washington and played them a few years ago. And uh, last Vikings, year, maybe, yeah. was it last year? Was that last yeah. year? Wow! And <laughs> and they beat them, but the, the the Commanders gave him a heck of a game, and the and the Vikings were having a good season. They almost lost him. So Heineke, he can do some things. I've seen him. He can do some things. What are they? What are they doing with Bijan Robinson? Is that his name? The the rookie running back who started out like a house of fire and had everybody thinking that he was going to be great, and he's 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 been kind of quiet of late. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they have the best offensive line in the world. Um, they have two running backs, um, drawing a blank on the other, but um, you know, it's a kind of a two running back system. Mm-hmm. Um, they they play a lot of tight ends. Uh, Michael Pruitt is there, uh, and obviously oh. Cordero Patterson. The, it, he doesn't have a lot of carries this year, but he's always a he's a danger to you know line up in the in the backfield. And you know he's got nine kickoff returns for touchdowns in his career. That's a I know the kickoff has been eliminated, but he yeah. did get one last year. Um, 
That's a record. Yeah, I, I would imagine you, with, with Cordero, you better kick it out of the end zone because, as we know, if it's nine yards deep, he might be bringing it out. <laughs> That's a record, isn't it? I think he holds the record. Yeah, he had that against the Packers. Uh, it was, uh, you know, and he basically almost was you know, stepped out in the back of the end zone. So yeah, um, yeah, he'll be fired up to to bring one back against his old team, the Vikings, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts uh, is is a, he's basically a receiver, but he's a tight end. Um, Drake London is a rookie receiver; is pretty good. Um, Jonu Smith is their other tight end. So you see a lot of tight ends. Um, and, but I, you know, to me, it's, I think if the, uh, if I was a, if I was a Falcons fan, I'd be like, start uh, Heineke. I know Heineke, Heineke can't really sustain these sparks that he gives teams to, mm-hmm. like a, to be a legitimate starter. But when he comes in, they, people just move quicker. They move faster. Uh, things, things, uh, the ball gets out quicker and, and teams get a little energized by it. And so, uh, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't start against the Vikings. What kind of defense do they have against a, a rookie quarterback? Well, I mean, Grady Jarrett uh, tore his ACL. He, he would have been – I'm sure uh, Garrett Bradbury won't, won't be sorry to see uh, Grady Jarrett out of there because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a monster in the middle. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a good defense. I don't think they're the uh, – I think they're, they're ranked in the top ten. The offense only scores about 17 points a game. I think the defense only gives up about 20. Um, it's a good defense. I don't think they're a great pressure team, so that helps with the rookie quarterback coming in. But it's a good defense, but not not like the 49ers should have been when they came in on, on Monday night. Well, we got a uh, the prediction segment coming up, but I got a prediction I'm going to ask you to make before that. Who's who's going to play for the Vikings at quarterback on Sunday? You made your prediction on Atlanta. And who's going to be their quarterback going forward? What do you think? I think it's going to be Jaron Hall on, on Sunday. I think yep. that Jaron Hall Sunday, I think he'll play well enough um, to play the next week. Who, who do they play next week? Uh, Saints? The Bears, I think. Uh, no, they play the Saints. Yeah, Saints yeah. and then the Broncos. So I won't go two weeks out. I'm, I'm going to say he's going he's gonna to play. It's not going to be real pretty. It's not going to be real ugly. You can you can revise your pick after after the game on Sunday. I'll let you I'll let you do that. Um, what do you think about the game on Sunday? I you know you you kind of laid it out there. What do you think uh, we have uh, with this game coming up? You're you're uh, you are I'm at four and four and you're at three and five, so you're still one game behind. Um, uh, I should probably go first so that you can maybe. Yeah, why don't you go first? You go oh. first. All right. Well. You know, it's 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 a risk to pick uh, the Vikings in this this week uh, because they do have a rookie quarterback that's going to get his first uh, his, his uh, first start in the NFL. Got a few got a few snaps in last week, not a huge sample size, but uh, uh, I I so like what's going on elsewhere on this team that I think uh, you know it's going to be enough for them to get a win. I mean, you, the way you laid it out for about the Falcons, they don't score a lot of points and, and uh, uh, you know, Heineke maybe hasn't played against Brian Flores offense defense recently. So he'll, he'll he'll have to maybe have fits with that, but uh, it's not going to, you know, we're probably going to go back to one score game again, because we've got a quarterback that's uh, new to the league. And so I, I think the Vikings will win, but it will be a close one. 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> logic would say, you know, you know, Cousins is done. You, it's a no-brainer. You take, you take the, uh, you take the Falcons, especially on the road. Um, I don't think it's going to be that easy a pick because the what you're going to see this team do defensively, special teams, everyone. There's going to be a burst of energy by everyone else. I think that's going to like because. The assumption is that all our seasons is over. So you're going to see a definite bounce for that reason. But I am going to pick the Falcons. I'm going to pick a, a low, it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, and I'm picking the Falcons because I, I should do a, a either or. But to me, Taylor Heineke starts and gives them enough spark to get, to get a like a 15 12 win. Um, so that's what I'm going. I mean, Taylor Heineke, not how it works, the best quarterback in the building. <laughs> Let maybe Fran Tarkenton will show up as a fan. I don't there know. You go. Then Fran would be the best in the in the in the building. But yeah. I'm gonna say I, I gotta just you know it's not gonna be one of those where you oh the season's over. I feel like they're gonna play. People are gonna be like, yeah, I mean that was a a good performance based uh, as best as you could play without Kirk. But I just feel like. Uh, It'll be just a little short this week. For Kirk, for Kirk, win one for Kirk. Come well, on. I, I think I, I think I would change it to the other side if it was here. Yeah, uh, like if Desmond Ritter or Heineke was playing here, and the fans would, you know, I would assume the fans if this was a home game, it would be a electric like we're gonna ride our defense to the to victory and stuff like that. But I gotta switch it to the other side, low scoring with it being there. You know, you you made a point earlier in the in the broadcast here that uh, uh, since Nick Mullins got hurt, that's uh, given uh, what's his face Jaron Hall more reps or more maybe more looks with at least the second string. You know, I mean, I know he's probably still playing the still playing the scout team quarterback, but you know, uh, so maybe he's not coming in as cold as I kind of thought. You know, my impression of is him is of a third string quarterback. So he's been second string for a while. So that that gives me a little bit of hope that he, he might have some problems for sure. But you know, if you protect the guy and give him some time, he's gonna be, you know, and they they tailor the 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 game plan to something he can handle. You know, it, it might yeah, I, might be fun. I just feel like, yeah, I mean it, it could definitely turn out and uh, and be a good thing for him. But I just feel like, you know, on top of like having to function as a rookie, to do it on the road is infinitely, I believe, would be harder with just uh, the chaos of the noise and everything. But so that's the reason why I, I, I go with Atlanta with the home with Heineke, a little spark there and in uh, the home field advantage and, and him having to function with that crowd. So, well, uh, I just have one more thing to say, and that's to reiterate the Vikings. Uh, got their first non one score game of the year. And, you know, when it's a, a, a first two score game of the season came against the Packers, as far as I'm concerned, that was a blowout. So they blew out the freaking Packers on Sunday. And I need to repeat that for any Packer fans that are still listening here. Yeah. I don't think uh, what I, what I call the, uh, the Cowboys lost last year, I said they're and one and five score losses or something like that. That's um, something that you would say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't. I don't think it's not going to be a blowout. I, I just feel like, you know, Atlanta's not good enough to blow them out. They don't score enough points, so maybe this is a floor. But Joe, 
if they win like a seven to six game, I mean, Brian Flores is gone. So you, you'll, you'll have to mourn that if, uh, you know, I do, I do think you know, in all seriousness, Brian Flores is, uh, uh, I don't know. He's not working with the most talented, but he's not working with, you know, dog meat either. Yeah. Uh, he's brought, uh, he's brought something that out of like a job, Metellus, uh, he's reinvigorated, uh, Harrison and Bynum and, um, you know, so oh yeah, he's he'll probably be a head coach here. Uh, if they if they were to like you know catch fire and win some games, get in the playoffs, uh, you know, maybe maybe me teasing you, it might happen. I don't know. He might be like that for that former uh, uh, um, offensive coordinator Norm that the Vikings had that left midseason. He wants out of here. He says I got to go be a. You know, as soon as the first coach gets fired in the NFL, he leaves. They come calling, but I'm just kidding. Won't happen. Um, you know, I, it, it's it's great. It's great. I, I I don't see a blowout either. I just I, I just hope there's no emotional letdown and, and that because uh, you scrapped they scrapped and clawed their way back to 500. They really really did against some you know at least one decent team, the the 49ers. And God, don't throw it away by you know going down there in Atlanta and, and despite the situation, you know, I, I think I think there's enough on this team, you know, enough talent and enough uh, leadership that they're going to go get it done. So we'll, we'll... Oh, yeah, I, I do not see, uh, I don't see a flat team. I don't see a team that's uh, in shock. I see a team that's going to have um, you know, tremendous resolve, a team that's going to, you know, they're, they're going to want to come out and, and punch as hard as they can. I just don't think it'll be enough from the quarterback to, uh, to win on the road. So oh, you're picking him. So was that is that your upset special for the week then, Mark? In the paper? No, no. What the uh, the Falcons winning? Yeah. That wouldn't be an upset. That's true. They're 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 a, fa- a favorite, aren't they? I would think they'd be favored. They're at home against a rookie quarterback. You're right. Or a quarterback that they just picked up. Uh, well, if Kirk was playing, they wouldn't be favored. I don't think. Um. Anyway, well that that'll do it for this week. Uh, you know. Thanks a lot, Mark, uh, for your insight. Thanks, uh, Mike Woldem, producing behind the scenes. Thanks uh, to all you folks for tuning in and checking us out. We appreciate that every week, and we will certainly be back here next week to uh, talk about this Atlanta game. Like I said at the outset, something always happens with this team, and it's always always worth tuning in to. So I hope, just hope that uh, the Vikings aren't going to uh, – Pull or be Lucy and pull the, the ball out from under us when we go to kick it here on Sunday. So, thanks again. Thanks, Joe Johnson. Thanks, y'all. And uh, we'll see you next week after that Vikings victory, I hope. Skull. Skull.